This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here, and we've got another great show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we're going to be looking at our business tips. Today, we're looking at building a super competitive workforce, which is probably so essential in these times of challenge. We're also talking with John Cayley from the Lake Macquarie Business Centre about the importance of planning to your business, especially uh, at the moment. But right now, we're going to talk with Jeanette David from Love Your Look about the real meaning of that casual look. Good afternoon, Jeanette. Good afternoon, Julian. Thank you once again for joining us. No worries. It's great to be here. I was hoping to help listeners a little bit with what to wear on business casual days, often the casual Fridays. And, and it's called the black hole of style. Absolutely. And also otherwise known as how to fast track your career straight out the door. <laughs> One easy step. <laughs> I, know, I know I often receive an invitation that says the, the dress is business casual. And people say, well, what is business casual? Exactly. And some image consultants say there is no such thing. They say that you're either dressed for work, for business, or you're dressed for casual. And so for a lot of people, there's an enormous amount of confusion. When they get up in the morning, there's a whole generation here who obviously they do not know what to wear because they make so many mistakes. Um, business casual for most people is simply a relaxation of the office dress code on selected days and it's usually Fridays and um, it's also meant to promote a friendlier, more productive work environment. Now, we don't know whether it does promote a more productive work environment mm. but um, one of the chief proponents of uh, casual Friday was Levi Strauss but of course they would be because they're jeans manufacturers mm. <laughs> um, but also other large companies like uh, Nike, Virgin and Microsoft uh, are also major proponents of it and some companies for example in IT and creative fields allow their staff to dress casually all the time. Well, of course, Virgin would have to be with someone like Richard Branson at the helm, wouldn't it? Absolutely, In fact, yes. in his latest book, he makes the comment that he got a particular contract because he wasn't wearing a tie. So. Oh, <laughs> so he's a va- an avid business casual person. Yes. Well, why was it called Black Hole of Style? Well, it's it's just was supposed to be fun and simple initially, but it's turned out to be wildly complex and it has had some catastrophic effects on uh, people and their careers because people don't know what to choose. They don't know what to wear. If you toss out the suit and the tie, what do you wear to work? And Mm. it's been a major dilemma. Uh, for a lot of people and particularly women because they have so many clothing choices and with the younger generations generation x and y have grown up in a culture where we do dress very casually most of the time and so this can have major impact on their careers when they get into the workforce so so what are some of the current trends then in this area Well, in a recent survey, half the company directors surveyed said they let staff wear casual dress except when meeting clients. But on the other hand, 37% of bosses expect staff to dress formally at all times, and that is an 8% increase since 2003. So the trends are that in the economic downturn, such as it is, better business attire is back on the agenda. Because even though you don't really want to be noticed for your taste in clothing, it's important that what you wear is comfortable, but you have to project the right image as well Mm. so and they have found too that the more formal the attire that you're wearing the more seriously people will take you and I think that's very important in a lot of industries all right so so uh, what would be the pitfalls then of uh 
business casual? Well, for the unwary, business casual is a trap. There's no quicker way to kill your credibility and career prospects than to turn up at work inappropriately dressed. So people actually judge you more on those days because when you're not in a uniform or the usual attire, they assume they're seeing the real person. Now, the upside of business casual is that you get to display your sense of style, which is good if you have one, and if you can correctly read what is likely to be considered appropriate for your workplace. The downside is you get to display your sense of style, and if this runs to knee-high socks with sandals, bow ties, torn jeans, or multiple facial piercings, then this is not so good. Mm. And in times like these, if you want to stay competitive and employed, think about keeping your inner rock chick for the weekends. Mm. Now, one recent example, if I can give you one, Julia, yeah. um, a, a person who doesn't understand the pitfalls of casual dressing in the workplace is Maxine Kelly. She's a 36-year-old lawyer in the UK, and she received a memo last summer containing some pretty specific instructions about what was and wasn't considered to be suitable dress for female staff. Now, she objected, and she claims she was fired by her female boss and is taking her former employers to court and suing them for £250,000 for unfair dismissal. Now, one newspaper writer put it this way. It transpires Maxine Kelly wasn't being made to dress like Mary Poppins. In fact, the dress code at her law firm wasn't archaic at all. Apparently, she feels that £55,000 a year lawyers should be allowed to wear short skirts, low-cut blouses, crop tops, backless numbers, leggings, body piercings and tattoos, and that to prevent them from doing so is, quote, an affront to women and showing scant regard for their rights. And the writer continues, Well, like most people, I'd have a heart attack if the solicitor handling my house purchase, legal dispute or whatever, turned up in a backless crop top Mm. with a ring through her nose and a tattoo on her ankle. So she obviously doesn't understand the link between presentation and perceived capability. On the other hand, there is a highly successful sales manager and motivator, Joe Brasic, and he insists his telephone salespeople, that's males and females, not only wear suits but stand with coats on in the office when they talk to prospects on the phone. Yes, I know, and even myself running a home-based business, if I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt, I feel less business-like than if I put on a, um, a shirt and a tie. Absolutely, and I think most people find that that is the case. Now, one other major pitfall... Uh, of business casual was pointed out in a recent article in the Wall Street Journal. And it's this, it's that business casual rules vary dramatically from place to place. Some companies are happy for you to wear a polo shirt with a collar, but not a t-shirt. Some are fine with jeans, others ban them completely. At a Fortune 500 hospitality company, the dress code barred denim, so some people turned up wearing track pants, <laughs> just ghastly, mm. in the workplace. So often image consultants are called in because women have even more difficulty than the men in choosing the right attire. They just have too many choices and end up making the wrong ones. So any image consultant will tell both men and women that the best strategy is to stick close to traditional business attire. And for some workers, the only solution to casual dress confusion is to try to send the same messages of confidence, capability and power that traditional business tyre conveys. So can you give us some tips on what office workers should avoid wearing? Absolutely. Well, for men, I think don't wear a shirt without a collar. Don't wear Hawaiian shirts. Okay, save those Mm. for your holidays. Don't wear those ghastly T-shirts with messages on them, particularly the sexist ones. Mm. Uh, Larry colours, stained or unironed clothing, novelty ties, 
Ill-fitting pants, muscle shirts, thongs, board shorts and badly hemmed pants is another thing. Guys, if you don't have a woman in your life to take your pants up correctly, please go to a tailor. It's very telling when those uh, hems are poorly done. Now, for women, some looks are not office appropriate for women of any age, and these include low-rise jeans, ripped jeans, halter dresses, midriff-bearing tops, two small camisoles, message T-shirts, micro-mini shorts and thongs, and women shouldn't reveal any more skin than they would in traditional office clothes. So... That narrows it down. What should we be wearing? Okay, that's a good question. Well, men might simply remove a tie, and that is quite acceptable in most workplaces. And they can wear dress pants and a non-matching jacket. Now, never wear a tie with a short sleeve shirt, unless you're after a management job in a fast food outlet. <laughs> okay. mm. um, power signals, such as shirts with collars, well-made shoes, and good watches are important. So they're all signals. Now, women should choose casual pieces with clean, tailored lines and quality craftsmanship. Mid-range chain stores are good places to look for casual office basics. It's chinos, skirts, and button-up shirts. Slacks and unmatched jackets are an off-recommended option for women and no garden party looks like capri pants and sundresses. Don't skip accessories just because you are casual. A great necklace or a bright pair of shoes can dress up the most basic outfit. Remember, you're going to work. Dress like a professional and people will treat you like one, even on the most relaxed of Fridays. Now, for both sexes, break down your suits into separates and check with a significant other if you're teaming separates appropriately. If you're sure jeans are appropriate, then go with dark colours, no distressing, tears or fraying hems. Keep the super trendy fashions for the weekend and cover up tattoos and remove obvious piercings. It's really worth the effort to dress well on casual Fridays because you'll feel more confident and you're more likely to get your way and influence others, make better sales and all that sort of thing. And I suppose if all else fails, people need to talk to image consultants to get some help. Yes, uh, either on a corporate level because sometimes they do have problems with um, making up a a dress code um, but also individuals. If you um, save your career or if it gives you a boost up the ladder, it's certainly an investment in yourself that you really need to make. Well thanks very much Jeanette uh, for helping us with that. I think I'm usually right. I just take my tie off and I'm usually okay. You always look pretty good Julian I must say. Thanks Jeanette we'll talk to you again another time. Jeanette David there from Love Your Look. The real meaning of that casual look is not as casual as you think it is. Well, now it's time to talk with John Cayley from the Lake Macquarie Business Centre. This week we're talking about the importance of planning to your business. Good afternoon, John. Afternoon, Gillian. You're back in the office now, not working in the house anymore. Yeah, that's right, mate. Is it finished? At last. <laughs> no, I haven't finished. No, plenty yeah. to do. You haven't moved in yet then? No, I haven't. It's a long way to go. Oh, about three weeks probably. Well, obviously, uh, you did a lot of planning with your uh, your house. I presume we need to do the same with business. I think you might have caught me out there. Oh, you didn't do enough planning on the house. Didn't do enough planning, that's right. <laughs> well, well, business planning is often talked about in business, and uh, a lot of people say, oh, I don't need it, or it's too too involved, too complicated, takes too much time. Well, what are your views on, on business planning? So many people see a document, which is probably an inch thick, that they you know, they are told is a business plan. What's important, I think, about business planning is the process more than you know, publishing a document that's an inch thick. Mm. It's really important, I think, to, to go in and have a really good, close look at your business, you know, starting with your customers, looking at your operations, you know, looking at where you can get new business from. You know, if you go through a process, a business planning process, you get some good results doing that. 
So, so it's really a thinking process, isn't it? A lot of people do say, well, I do do that in my head. They do, but, you know, it becomes very distorted. And, you know, they do, they talk, sorry, they think about uh, elements of their business in isolation. If you think, of, if you go through a process, you think about your business, you know, one step after the other. So it becomes an integrated plan as opposed to, oh, I think I'll do this, that seems a good idea. You know, it's usually not validated when you go, to that, go down that path. If you go through a process, you validate it, your thinking's right, and, you know, the success comes from it that uh, you want. So so you mentioned uh, your customer, or I presume our target market we're talking about there. That's yep. probably a good starting point, isn't it? Oh, it's understand. Who, who is your customer? Yeah. Who is your target? Who do you want to get to? You know, doing something like an ideal customer profile helps you understand... You know, who, who are the key people that you want to get to and how you can get to them. So once you've done a profile, out of that usually comes a pretty clear picture of how you can target them mm. and, and how you get the message to them. And, and I suppose the other thing would be to be talking with them about what they really want because obviously customers' needs change. We, we're seeing at the moment a so-called uh, global meltdown, turn down, whatever you want to call it, um, and obviously people's spying habits are changing. It's important for us to modify our products and uh, services to suit, isn't it? Very important. During times like this, people become much more discerning about what they buy. You know, they think more about it. And if you're selling a product or service, you really have to have them believe that you understand what they're looking for. Mm. It is really easy for us to, you know, when we're out there in the marketplace and we're selling something, to rattle off a spiel about the product that we may have or service that we may have. But you're not really demonstrating to the customer that you understand what they want by doing that. So therefore, in days that are a bit tough, you know, times that are a bit tough like now, you really have to demonstrate to the customer that what you're providing is what they want and the best way of doing that is to demonstrate to them that you understand what they want by asking questions. And you need to get them to part with their money for it too. Well, you do. But the more you demonstrate you understand what they mm. want and they believe, therefore, they, they, they're getting the solution they want, the more likely they are to part with their money. Mm. And, and price as well becomes less important if they have a lot of confidence that you're delivering what they want. So I think now is probably a good time for people to actually seriously look at the opportunities and threats and uh, be a little bit creative? Oh, absolutely. Now is the ideal time. I mean, if you don't refresh your business right at the moment, refresh your own thinking and the mm. thinking of the people within your business, right now, you know, you are, it's a fair chance you're going to disappear off the horizon. Mm. You've got to be you know, sharp and smart in, in times like this. And we have to be realistic too, don't we, in our oh, business absolutely. plan? Feet on the ground, forget your ego, forget being so lunch a lot, you know. Really get into your business and make it work for you and make sure that your staff are happy and they're working for you as well. So we hear a lot of people talk about a one-page business plan. Is that really where a business plan should end up? I think if you can go through the process and end up with a one-pager, a one-pager that you can stick on the wall that mm. constantly reminds you of what your targets are, what you're doing, what your purpose is and so on, you're really in business. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, even uh, Richard Branson with his uh, big Virgin uh, Corporation, um, I think only ends up with a one-page business plan because that's where he keeps his focus. 
that's his focus. Yeah. And that's where it needs to be. You know, don't distract yourself by, you know, having a good 500 pages when you've only got a little one. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time, John. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Cheers, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. John Cayley there from the Lake Macquarie Business Centre, helping us to understand it's more the process of uh, the business planning and really thinking about your business and looking for opportunities, ways of being a little bit more creative. It's time to have a look at our business tips, and today we're looking at uh, building a super competitive workforce. If you have an employee turnover problem or find it difficult to motivate staff, then these observations from Martin Yate, the author of the bestseller Keeping the Best, could prove enlightening. Number one, managers should always keep in mind that their most valuable capital is human capital. And certainly we often forget that 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 real asset is an asset in working for our business. Number two, the success of the manager is wholly dependent upon the ability to empower others. Simply dictating doesn't always work. We do need to allow others to make the decision, become empowered and make the decisions that will take them forward. Number three, top performance occurs only when managers and subordinates share each other's visions of the present and the future. It's uh, very rare for a lot of organisations to sit down with their employees and actually work out the vision for the company and where it's going forward. Often uh, a lot of employees do not know uh, where what the vision of the company is in either present or the future. And of course, in these uh, challenging times at the moment where a lot of people are concerned about the future and are not not necessarily very focused, it's important to share those visions and uh, the potential with them. Another observation by Yate, the most uh, qualified person for the job is rarely the best person for the job. Reason, the chances are they've done the job a number of times and thus they lack motivational challenge as well as having an inflexible work attitude. And why do employees leave? Well, the term clampers says it all. The C stands for challenge, the L stands for location, the A stands for advancement, the M stands for money, the P for pride, E, equality, R, respect, and S, security. And of course, there are numbers of reasons why employees do leave. Probably challenge and advancement are important most of the time, but uh, security might be the important one at the moment. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you enjoyed the program. We've talked with Jeanette David from Love Your Look about the real meaning of that casual look. And that casual look is not too casual, just a little bit casual and obviously fitting in with the workplace and still remember that we're sending out a a message with our appearance. We've also talked about the importance of planning to your business and uh, again it's the planning process that we need to go through rather than that big thick document at the end. It's important that we think about these challenges at the moment, look at uh, where we could take our business, be a little bit creative. Um, Just a reminder that uh, on Thursday the 30th of April the, the uh, Department of State and Regional Development has a seminar up at East Maitland Bowling Club entitled Managing Through Turbulent Times. It's going to be looking at the economic outlook, financial and cash flow strategy, customer retention, all very important things. If we're interested, 
We can uh, speak to the Department of uh, State and Regional Development on 4908 7333. Next week we're going to discuss slips, trips and falls with a representative from WorkCover. We'll chat about changes to the workplace relations with Greg Kerr from Effective Workplace and some quick ideas that work. I'd love your company again next Thursday at the same time for Business, the Law and You. Remember, focus your passion on your vision.